This is Rob Scott, and you're listening to Fundamental Shift. Hi, everybody. Today's talk is called From Form to Feeling, and what it's going to be is a discussion of taking our attention from an external form identity situation into a how do we feel about this situation identity and that may not sound exciting but it's it's a huge deal and um, I want to start to discuss how we can how we get lost in form identification and I think some of that will be very clear to most of you as to how we all do that how we all get lost in different ideas about how things should be uh, this talk kind of it doesn't it's not exact but it mirrors the belief talk which was the first talk I did way back in the day uh, how we kind of get attached to ideas and things like that and so it's another way to think about uh, similar things like that which you know getting too caught up in the form realm of things and not paying enough attention to how we feel about stuff so that is what today's talk is uh, thanks for showing up and let's get started so what is the definition of form? Um, I'm not sure I've seen as many different definitions for a word before. I looked it up on dictionary.com, and there were like 12 different definitions for the word form. And then you get into forming and different variations of the word. And there were a lot of different ways to talk about form. Um, so why don't I just try and tell you what I mean by form, and we'll start there. If we were to begin with the totality of experience, the total experience of being alive, and just leave it alone, not name anything, there there would be no form there. There would be this one big oneness, right? As things sort of pop out of that oneness, we start naming things. We start naming that's a tree, that's a person, that's a car, that's a cloud. Um, and so forms arise out of this oneness. And these forms are things that we separate out. So they seem to be things, but the part of that that I want to focus on are really the separate nature of them. They are the things that we can name. They are the things that are not us. So a tree, a person, a car, so far they seem to be just things, but to take that further, they can also be ideas and anything else we can name and sort of feel separate from. They can be a job. A job doesn't have any physical form, but it has an idea form. So anything that is not us and can be named can be called a form, at least for the purposes of this talk. If we talk about a feeling, um, a feeling is an experience of a situation. A form is the idea of a situation. Another way to think of it is that forms seem to be external to us and that feeling seems to be internal to us from where we are experiencing the world. Um, you know, forms are outside and, and feeling is, it seems to be inside us. Uh, the only place that this sort of definition might be shaky is in the, you know, idea being a form, because we may be used to forms being these actual things that we can see. But I hope that idea of just the fact of naming things being forms uh, proves useful in this talk. Um, all forms are actually in the thought realm. They take that naming quality. They're uh, an idea of something that's separate from everything else. So it's giving a value to a separate entity, giving it a name, etc. Um, feeling tends to be more open and receptive. Feeling is listening, form, 
is naming or talking. It's calling things things. And, uh, and feeling is more listening to what's going on in the situation. So uh, there's the definition of form for this talk, and I hope that's not too much babble. I hope it's fairly clear. So there are basically two points that I want to make today. You know, every talk I try and give one or two points that are about the same topic but are slightly different. My first point is that there is a literal practice of bringing our attention from the form realm to the experience of feeling realm. And I've talked about it a thousand times. It's really what meditation is. I'm not going to dwell on meditation in this talk. But beginning to be aware of when we are externally focused versus internally focused on our situation uh, becomes really important. And we can find that when we get upset about things, bringing our attention to how we feel about it is a great way to deal. That's like a great trick to... Um, start to deal with those negative emotions and, and take away the value or the idea about the situation and come to what's really going on, what, what is the feeling of the situation. So that's a very important thing. But we don't only need to do that when things are quote-unquote bad. We can do that much more regularly. And, you know, if meditation is the focus on just feelings, let's say, let's say that it's actually trying to sit as much as you can in a feeling state and what is going on in my belly, what does my head feel like, what, is my, what do my hands feel like, literally feel like, if that's the practice of meditation, that's kind of a swing while you're practicing all the way to one side of the spectrum. What might be ideal as we walk through the world is to walk through forms, ideas about things, and notice how they make us feel sort of marry those two realms together and maybe dance or keep one foot in each realm. So as we're having a conversation with someone and ideas are flying by and things are happening, we stay in touch while those ideas are happening with what our feeling about each of those uh, are rather than getting too lost in, in the idea realm or the form realm. So the first thing is that there's a literal practice about where our attention lies, right? Is it in the form realm? Am I really caught up in that beautiful car or that job or whatever. Um, and the second part of it is um, really if we're not doing this practice, this, the second part of my talk, the second point I want to make is if we're not doing this practice, we become very attached and very sad unnecessarily. And it seems very, you know, not. I don't want to down talk to anybody, but it's really uh, almost a, an immature or young mind that is, uh, you know, overly attached to uh, to things. So um, I want to challenge people to really sort of wake up into into another way of being. And let me give you some examples about how uh, about how this hurts us. How many people do you know that have a job that pays a good salary, but the person that's in the job is absolutely miserable? At what point did the money or the idea of money become more important than our own joy or our own happiness? This is rampant. This is absolutely a chronic problem in the world today that we have attached at some point along our evolutionary, you know, our personal evolution as individuals. We have attached that having money equals happiness. And I'm not trying to oversimplify this, but we, but we have. We've, having money means that I have means, I have power, I have happiness. And so we've forgotten. We've actually disconnected literal happiness, and we just have this absolute pursuit of money, right? And in some cases, it's ravenous. I mean, in some cases, people are just cutthroat and mean to others and doing all these things that really don't serve them or anyone else. 
for this pursuit of money. But money is really just a belief. It's just a form. It's just an idea. It it you know it has its practicalities and all that, and we can we can get into that definition. But does that person know how much money they need to be happy? Do they realize that maybe happiness has little or nothing to do with actual money? Is that possible? Are we going to spend an entire lifetime lost in the pursuit of money at the expense of joy and time and family and these other values? Are we able to slow down enough to look at that closely and see what part of that is the form realm, right, being lost in an idea about what I think is going to make me happy rather than what I actually feel, what I actually, am I happy or not? Am I feeling joy in the moment or not? Another example is, you know, seeing a really nice car going by on the street and going, oh, look at that, that's really nice. Well, okay, it is nice, but it's nice in a lot of ways. Why is it nice? Is it shiny? Is it washed? Is it well-kept? Is it fast? Is it expensive? Does it connote power? You know, what part of that? And I don't think that anyone's really looking at why they're pleased by that car. Is it an envious thing? When you see somebody else in that car, are you really happy for them? Are you happy for yourself? Do you just wish you had it? Do we realize that once we end up having the means, what did we have to sacrifice to get the means to have a car like that? What do we then have to do to protect a car like that from getting scratched or getting old? And oh, by the way, they all get old, right? Everything changes. So we get really attached to the idea about things, and we don't really watch what's actually going on in our own situation in inside. And I think that's a really important point uh, that we need to start to understand um, so that we can, you know, grow up and, and act in, uh, in different ways about things and maybe get to jobs that really make us happy and, and do things that, uh, you know, really fill us with joy. So the idea about something is how most of us in the, in the world are living, but that's not really what we want. I know what everybody wants. Everybody wants to feel good. Now, different things make that up. Some people are, you know, feel good when they're excited. Some people feel good when they're safe. You know, there's a little bit of a cocktail there, but for the most part, we really just want to feel good. When I believe that money will do that for me, I'm making money my entire focus, and that's really the error. Um, And I don't mean to just focus on money because there are a lot of other examples. It could be food. It could be all these different things that we, you know, don't realize make us unhappy. Let's talk about food for a second. People overeat because they get that immediate satisfaction they're not aware they don't attach to that the feeling later of guilt that comes and so the totality of the experience is a little disconnected another example is playing golf or any sport and getting so wrapped up in what the score is getting so wrapped up in you know i needed to shoot a 78 today and if i didn't shoot a 78 it was a bad day Playing the sport, really, it would make sense to me, would be about going out and enjoying your, your time. If it's only about competition, then, you, then you've set up some form realm. You've set up some idea realm about how it's supposed to be, and we're a little bit lost. We've lost the feeling of what it feels like to play golf or softball or bowling or pool or whatever we're playing, right? If working out is only about the end result of a beautiful body, we're a little bit lost in the form realm. We're a little bit lost in how things are supposed to be. And again, this mirrors the belief talk a little bit. We've gotten attached to opinions about how things are supposed to be, and we're external. We're in the form realm of supposed tos instead of actuals. And so 
if a day of golf is about going out and having fun, if that's what you want to do with your life is go spend a Sunday playing golf and enjoying it, it really should be about that. But instead, I see so many people get really caught up with, I hit a bad shot, I'm not going to score the score. Well, the score is just a number. It has really very little to do with the feeling of the situation. And the feeling is where our actual life is, the actual um, you know what it's it's much more palpable than the idea about a situation uh, the idea is a part of it it's absolutely a part of life but there's got to be a dance between the two things uh, between form and feeling so um, you know that's that's another important uh, point with a lot of different examples about how we kind of get lost in the form of a situation so to wrap up the point of the talk today there was a couple points was that you know, to define three points, actually, to define what the form realm is and the feeling realm a little bit better, start to have some dialogue about that. And then to say that there is a practice of being aware of where our attention is. Are we focused on external things or internal things? Where Where's my mind right now? And really also then to just show that how we do get caught up in that external sort of idea or form realm and how that affects us, how we get lost and spend our time that we're living um, you know, trying to get to something that's that's not really fun. So the actual feeling that we have is either very disconnected or, or in a lot of cases, very unhappy. So the fundamental shift, the fundamental shift is to bring our attention away from the being just completely lost in the form, belief, value realm, and uh, and bring it back to the feeling realm of a situation, or certainly at least dancing between those two those two states. Thank you so much for listening to me. I really, really, really appreciate it. This is Rob Scott. You're listening to Fundamental Shift. Have a great day. Be kind to yourself and everybody else.